This episode and every episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show is brought to you by Ironmonger Brewing. Visit Ironmonger at their tap room in Marietta, Georgia, or online at ironmongerbrewing.com. Open up a tab, grab a seat, and pour a pint. It's time for the Beer Guys Radio Show. You want free beer? Go to the brewery. Dedicated to the art, science, and enjoyment of craft beer. Yeah, what's wrong with the beer we got? Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Brian Hewitt. And welcome to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We're broadcasting from the Beer Guys Radio Studios in Marietta, Georgia. And this week, we're talking with Covert Artisan L. I'm Tim Dennis, and with me as always is my good friend and co-host, Brian Hewitt. Hey, Tim. So joining us today, we have Dan and Stacy Berry, co-owners of Covert Artisan Ales. We're going to talk about barrels, spontaneous fermentation, and perhaps military intelligence. All these things go together. Uh, Stacy yes. and Dan, uh, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. An interesting combination there. Military intelligence. I mean, usually barrels. when I'm talking about wild ales, it goes to military intelligence eventually. I think yeah. it does with everyone. Pretty much. Right? Well, yeah, yes. probably. Yeah. Probably so. No, thanks. Thanks again. We appreciate it. We're here. We've uh, we are drinking your Dana uh, American Wild Ale, dry hop with Nelson Sauvin. Good, tasty beer. Uh, we love spontaneous and wild ales. And we just opened uh, this weekend. We were sitting around and we had a bottle of uh, uh, Dre Fonten and Oud Goose that's been in the fridge for a little while. And it uh, we were trying to decide what to drink, and nothing was stepping out there to say drink me. And then we saw that in the corner, and like that's the one, that's the winner, and it. And it was. That's a favorite. Yeah, it's a great one. And I love that it lasts forever, so I'm in no rush. I have too many beers in my cellar, but that one was, I think it was good until 2038. So we had plenty of time to get to it. We did. We did. But no point in wasting time. Yeah, exactly. And we know it holds up that long because we had one that was about 20 years old, and it was amazing. 99, I think. So we had a 99 bottle. Local uh, beer bar had their anniversary and uh, one of their cellar selections in 2019. Yep. So it was 20 years old. One of their seller selections was a 99 bottle of uh, Dre Font and Oud Goose. So we enjoyed that. It was really nice. Indeed. But Brian, you know, I saw something recently where people were talking about their most controversial opinions. And they were talking about various topics and just saying, what's your most controversial opinion on this or that? So I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask, and Dan, Dan, I'm going to start with you. And we're going to ask you the tough questions. We're going to come right out of the gate with the tough questions. Do you hold a most controversial beer opinion? And if so, what is it? I mean, I guess there's a a few that could be said, but uh, the one that I would probably go with would be a wild ale is a wild ale if you harvested yeast from the wild. Okay. Oh. commercial cultures. (laughs) Okay. Oh. Shots fired. (laughs) That's... Anything that it causes controversy is a good, bad opinion to have because it'll uh, more uh, more ears and eyeballs on the show. So that's that's good for us. But, I mean, it's it's also just my opinion. Too. Yeah, <laughs> right. And that's that's the great thing about it. But you know, we've had we've had discussions around that topic a few times with a few different brewers. You know, and talking about like a brewer saying lambic style or something along that, and uh, I forget like the method traditional how that came about and. I think it wasn't a Jester King that originally kind of got things shaken. With I think uh, so, yeah. They yeah. Were, they wanted to be respectful and uh, you know not call yeah. it goose and lambic because those are protected styles. Well, the, the lambic um, group 
out of Belgium came at it, just kind of like how the Champagne yeah. region came at it from other areas. Right. Even so, within that Lambic group, what is it, Horal, I think, H-O-R-A-L? Yeah. I think even within that group that they there's infighting there on, on all these definitions. I, I believe one of the big Lambic the goose producers actually uh-huh. split from them for some reason. Yeah. I have no idea why, but I believe I've yeah. heard that. So controversial with a lot of, a lot of uh, yeah, controversial opinions there. Yeah, yeah. How about that? Well, Stacy, how about you? Do you hold a controversial beer opinion? So I don't think I do, but I've heard some that, uh, that I, I question a little bit. Okay. Um, I had someone once tell me that breweries like Budweiser should be considered craft because Part of the art of making a beer is making it taste the same every time. Okay. Okay. Ooh, Interesting talking point there. Uh, yeah. Say, in, in yeah. The in to one respect, yeah, I could I can understand that they have they yes. have mastered the art of consistency. <laughs> I guess there's you, that. Were you careful not to say they have mastered the craft? Yeah, they are of consistency. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, there's That's, always the kettle sour one, Stacy. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Also. Okay. All right. Oh, yeah, also. And I'm like, yep. let me get comfortable here. <laughs> Let's go. That's right. Let me hunker down and go. Sure. Uh, I mean, I don't want to say that kettle sours aren't real sours, but uh, <laughs> they're sour. Do well, All you've got to do really is just take you a clean beer and drip some lactic acid in there, right? And then you're you're pretty much set. I think that's really all you have uh, to do. Honestly, yes. And I think some places just do that. Why, why bother Why bother, bother letting the bacteria do anything when you can get predictable results out of using a little bit of acid? And it is yeah. the exact same thing as a true spontaneous American wild ale. There's exactly no, the same. No difference. <laughs> oh, Zero difference at all. Yeah. That's one thing. When you see people uh, do like a kettle sour and call it a lambic. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yes. We don't. We don't do kettle sours at all. Okay. Okay. You know I mean, what? There's, there's a place for it. But, mm-hmm. uh, I yep. think the line for me would be don't call it a wild ale. Call I, it, I could call um, it a kettle sour or call it yep. in that category. Um, I could get on. I, I could get on board with that. There's definitely sure. a lot of things being called sours out there that are not at all sour. I'm like your fr- fruit puree thing uh-huh. may have a, a tiny bit. of. Oh, it's yeah. not really a sour beer. I right. mean, let's let's be honest here. Smoothie let's, with one drip of, of sour. Exactly. You got a little bit of citrus tingle in there. That, yeah. eh, it's not. He sour. must have been watching our feed last week because I think we drank a key lime. Uh, oh, yeah. A key lime <laughs> kettle sour, exactly. didn't we? Yeah. Yes. yes, we did. No, you know what? I'm on board with that. Like, I, I enjoy kettle sours. I like the fruited sours. And I definitely get that the artistry is not the same. And to put them in the same classes, I, I don't think it's right. Yeah. Yeah. Brian, it just you- adds another extra hurdle for education. Sure. And communities yeah. And such, but. Absolutely. Yep. And people still don't know what they're getting. Lots of education exactly. going. Brian, I know that you're a fair and balanced kind of guy. I'm so fair. But do you have any controversial beer opinions? Yeah, I, I've thought it through and I've decided that haze is still a, a brewing flaw unless it contributes to flavor or mouthfeel. Okay. So just for the, the appearances of being haze, it's a brewing it's a brewing flaw and should be corrected. Okay. That's that's my controversial opinion. I didn't opinion. even know you held I, I'm learning so much about I you tonight. I hadn't really thought about it until I was like, well, what do I think controversial? Like, haze is mostly BS. Like, okay. Okay. You know what? I'm okay. like, yeah, I do really believe that. So, yes. On those on that note today, I saw someone post on Twitter. They were talking about they went in to a brewery, and they're talking to the barkeep there about, uh, what, about the beers that they have. And they're like, well, we've got this, but it's not a hazy. It's a West Coast. And they're like, okay, let me get that. Like, oh, good, a West Coast IPA. 
He's like, I get it home and open it up, and it's absolutely not a West Coast IPA. And they're like, have we gotten to the point where those are the only two categories We've that forgotten. people look at? There's the hazy and West Coast, and people don't know about anything else existing. There. So it's 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 an IPA without an obvious brewing flaw and one with right. a brewing flaw, and they both taste about the same. So if, if it's hazy, it's Northeast. If it's clear, it's West Coast. If haze doesn't do anything to other than change the color of the beer, it's just yeah. a brewing flaw. It should be corrected. No, Mike, Nate, do you have any controversial opinions to share? Okay, because I was going to say it. he could he could swing the, the mic over to you. He could share there with you. But, but no, you will remain no Mike Nate then. So. Well, Tim, I think, did you have one? You know what? I'll throw out real quick. I, mine's mine's kind of lazy. I'm going to go seasonal. I did more thought on the question than the response, but you shouldn't ever drink Oktoberfest beer before the 1st of September. They shouldn't come out in July. And that, and that extends to all seasonal beers, pumpkins and all that. I think, you know, when people say seasonal – because there will be people that are totally opposed to a pumpkin beer coming out in October, or excuse me, in July. But when the same Oktoberfest hit the shelf, they're all about that. And you got to stand your ground. You got to stand against seasonal creep. That's my opinion there. I know you believe it, and we're almost out of time, but we probably should get into the beers of the week. You know what? We're going to bring that in the next segment, Brian, because okay. I don't even think we have time for that. We got to talking controversy, and we just used up all our time. That is a good point. You don't get to share any news. I didn't even get to talk about how people 2,700 years ago like beer and cheese together, and they've proven it. I'm like, that, that's a whole you thing. You know what? What do we got? What do we got here? 15 like seconds or so? How did they find this out, Brian? They they have paleo feces they extracted paleo feces old that's preserved diet, feces right? in in a mine it was a salt mine so they were preserved so that's how they found out they okay. found the, the presence of ale yeast and uh, blue cheese okay i think yeah. i have some friends that are on that paleo feces diet <laughs> that's right yeah i think we all do actually yes. yeah that's it we just totally went off the rails in this segment but that's okay we are going to take a break you're listening to the beer guys radio show and we will be right back with covert artisan ales Headed to the Battery in Atlanta? Be sure to check out the Terrapin Atlanta Brewery and Taproom. Whether the Braves are playing at home or on the road, the Terrapin Brewery and Taproom is always pouring all of our locally brewed Georgia beers like Hops Executioner and High and Hazy, while also introducing small batch R&D beers created on our five-barrel pilot system right inside the Braves Stadium. And if you're looking for great food, we've got you covered with Fox Brothers Texas-style barbecue. Stop by and see us today at the Terrapin Brewery and Taproom at the Battery Atlanta. Football season is here, and holiday parties are right around the corner. The Nest Kennesaw has you covered for both. Their new covered patio is perfect for cheering on your team while enjoying some great craft beer and keeping a safe social distance. When you're ready to schedule your next party, the Nest can handle big and small requests on-site or off-site at their event venue. Whether you're planning a weekend with a few friends or a party for 100, visit thenestkennesaw.com and make your plans today. the beer guys on facebook twitter and instagram back off man i'm a scientist now back to the beer guys radio show welcome back to the beer guys radio show remember all episodes are available on demand so if you missed the broadcast get the podcast beer guys radio is available on all popular and unpopular podcasting apps now let's get back to covert artisan ales covert artisan ales man we are having so much fun here brian during the break we opened a couple bottles of beer uh both bang bang 
yes. which is a mixed fermentation beer, but one aged in gin barrels and one in rye barrels. You know, Brian likes his rye, so I made yes. the prediction that he may like that one better. I, I thought I'd like the gin barrel better because I like those botanicals and stuff that come into the gin. But Dan, before I ramble too much more and to give me a little time to do a little sip in here, can you tell us about uh, Bang Bang and kind of the the process in these two beers? Yeah, well, Bang Bang originally was uh, stainless steel fermented. Uh, I want to say we did about four to six months. Uh, I would have to go through the brew logs just to see. Um, it, it's been a while. And then each bang, uh, exclamation point, is a fruit. So okay. it was okay. peach and then apricots. Uh, we did exclamation marks just because uh, I used to do some, well, I still do some development, and bang is just a, a term for it. So, But we took those and then put them into barrels for well over a year, maybe 14, 15 months. The gin barrels were small format gin barrels. So we're looking at 30 barrel or 30 gallon ones. Um, and we did a total of four of those. And the rye, I don't know if we're supposed to say which ones. Who it is? Okay. From. Yeah. So, uh, but it, it was a, a nice rye barrel that we were able to, to get. The gin ones we blended together. Um, but we took the top gin barrels or what we thought had the best flavor profile on it um, and then added additional apricots to it. So that one was bang, bang, bang. Bang, bang, bang. Okay. How many bangs have you put into a beer? Bang, bang, bang. Bang, bang, bang. Okay. <laughs> there you go. I, th I think There's you need to a do lot of bangs. a cornucopia. <laughs> like, uh, just, it's just be a page full of bangs, like every fruit you can find. Well, we do one called PJF where... We continuously fruit it for six months. So every month oh, we wow. add more okay. peaches to it. So it usually gets to about each year is different until it hits that profile that we really like. But I think the most that we've done is about nine pounds per gallon of peaches. Okay. Wow. That's that's a that's lot of peaches. A lot of peaches. That's now AF. AF, AF right. Exactly. It, it checks out. It really now, does. With feeding it, I know you always get a little bump from the sugars in fruit, but with that continuous feeding, do you see is it substantial, the ABV boost that you get from that? Actually it dilutes it. It does you're, dilute the juice adding, dilutes. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Yep. So you mentioned that you're not sure if you, you can say what the, the barrels are. If you're worried about us, don't worry. You can you can say whatever, but if you're worried about the the, the provider then uh, another thing, I'm curious what barrels these these were. There, I, they're not, can I, can, I can answer for Dan on this one. He doesn't care what you think. Oh, right? okay. All right. I can tell you that much. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought he was yeah. concerned about us. I'm like, no, no, please. No, go on. No, please. He Absolutely. He doesn't care. He doesn't care. Yeah, so. We're covert for a reason, guys. There you go. Exactly. Yeah. We've already went over this. We've yeah. already went over this. Right. Secrets. We do get some pretty nice select barrels. So I Very like good. to... Uh, ensure that we get those still well, right what do you look yeah. for in barrels i i, I saw on your in, uh, your instagram that you had you were out there picking barrels and looking them over very closely and i'm like what are you looking for in barrels are you looking for particular spirits or are you looking for particular qualities of the barrel itself um a, a lot of times it's the smell how tight it is uh you know a lot of people look for a nice wet barrel um just because it's going to increase you're going to get that bourbon or you're going to get the uh rye boost um and that's the only legal way that you're allowed to add that. right you, yeah. you can't just it's not like the homebrew days where you could go and buy i don't know some thomas handy and dump it in there but uh fortified 
I think is what they yeah. call that, right? Yeah. Yep. I mean, a lot of it is just going off of the smell and then grabbing a flashlight and looking inside. Um, so I think a lot of people don't actually look inside the barrels, and you'd be surprised what you can actually find in some of them. There's some oh, really boy. weird stuff in barrels. <laughs> okay. Okay. I uh, see that. Examples? I mean, that's that sounds terrifying, actually. I've heard some uh, some people locals have said that they found like cigarettes in it before. Okay. They found um, strings, found towels, just, uh, towels, towels. Yeah. yeah, just anything that's been packed in it type thing. Maybe that's where some of those old ales get that tobacco flavor they get. The Somebody's actually throwing cigarettes into the barrel. Like this is amazing. The tobacco <laughs> flavor. Like, what's your secret? Can't tell you. This was Roush beer. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> This was aged in a bourbon barrel and on a pack of camels. What was that last part? Well, I'm sorry, that last part. Are they blues or camel crushes? That's because right. that's a very important character. To Pop a few beads and get your little menthol in there. So, so, so it was a filtered beer, huh? That's yeah. right. It was filtered. filtered it beer. was filtered. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah, absolutely. You know, as we drink through these, I, I said, Brian, you know what? Before I say anything, was I correct in my prediction? Do you prefer the rye over the gin i do believe i do prefer okay. the rye to the gin all yes. right the first sips i took on this i thought i was with you i thought i had pre- incorrectly predicted myself as this sits here and breeze and i swirl and i smell and i drink more i don't know i'm undecided now i'm on the fence they're both they're both tasty they're both very good they're both very yeah. good and Thank you. it'd be hard yeah, hard pressed nice. to i wouldn't refuse either one of them but if if they were say you have to pick one you you can only have one i'm like well give me that rye one Yes. Yeah. So, you know what, guys, we've just kind of went our own way this week, but we're going to back up a little bit and give some folks some background on Covert Arsenal. So, uh, Stacy, do you want to share with us kind of the origin story of your brewery? Yeah, sure. So uh, Dan and I were living overseas in Germany. He's always had an interest in brewing. Um, kind of, we, We've been together for almost 13 years and just take, we've talked about, he's had multiple ideas of, a brewery for this or like a baking group, like just multiple ideas. And so um, he had met a, um, a guy in Germany while on an exercise. He was in Southern Germany at an exercise for the army. And he had met up with some of the Belgian support unit troops. Um, and they were talking about beer. And he, one of the Belgian guys had said, Hey, Peter over here owns a brewery. Uh, so Dan and Peter started talking and you know, they talked about um, Belgian beers and styles and those were kind of our favorites at the time. And so Peter had said, you know, come on over anytime you guys want to. And we kind of forgot about it for a little while. Uh, and then we had gone up, Dan had suggested going up to Belgium to visit these guys and we had gone to visit their brewery and hung out with them for quite a while. They just, you know, talking to them about their styles, and then over the course of, I would say, probably about four years, um, we had gone up probably like every quarter, every four months or so, and Dan became pretty good friends with the main brewer, and Dan was, you know, the whole time asking questions about, you know, how do I do this, what are, what are the best ways to do that, and the, the brewer was kind of like, you know, why don't you just, like, when are you just going to shut up and open your own place? Like, okay, and, all right. Yeah. That's a good yeah. point. So we, when we moved back to the States, we ended up eventually moving to South Dakota. And that was kind of, we took, we took a lot of that advice. We, Dan, <laughs> took a lot okay. of that advice 
to his recipes and um, sort of sort of went from there. And it was our first release was really cool. It's actually the the Dana that that we're drinking now. We're on the third batch of it, and they uh, we released it to a local bottle shop, and they they put it right next to uh, this this brewery's beer. So that was kind of that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was very cool. I thought so. So yeah, it was. I sent them. I took a picture of it and sent it to them. And they're like, so there you go. There's those little yeah. things that happen when you you know do your own business or you go out something like that that just benchmarks milestones. You're yeah. like this. Okay, this is real. This is happening. This is here. This is super cool. Well, you know what? We've got just a few minutes left. Um, we're going to sample through some more. Uh, we'll talk about some of the other beers that we've got. We're going to talk spontaneous sales, Brian. Before I forget, I was going to ask. I was going to ask both of them it, what their first sour beer was. But I think maybe we should tease it and wait for the next segment. Should we? Should we? Should we do that, Nate? You know what? There's a teaser. We're going to start. We'll talk about it when we get back. You are listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back right after this. The best brewmasters are obsessed with creating a high-quality, consistent product. That means reducing mass viscosity for better wort separation and increasing brew house efficiency. Ultra Flow Max from Novozymes helps you achieve both. It is time to brew with enzymes. Increase your brew house efficiency and achieve faster filtration today with Ultra Flow Max from Novozymes. Order a free sample today at www.brewingwithenzymes.com slash beerguysradio. Brian and Tim, the beer guys. If you're like us, no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer. Which is why Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth are always on our list. Tim, why do they call it Truck and Tap? Well, the tap part is easy, Brian. They've got 18 of them. As for the truck part, that's where it gets interesting. Truck and Tap features your favorite Atlanta area food trucks, so you're getting a different menu every day. Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock, Alpharetta, and Duluth. Truckandtap.com. Let them know that the beer guys sent you. the beer guys on facebook twitter and instagram boy that escalated quickly i mean that really got out of hand fast now back to the beer guys radio show welcome back to the beer guys radio show i want to give a quick shout out to one of our great radio affiliates kcpx 1490 am in moab utah catch beer guys radio and kcpx every saturday at 3 p.m now let's get back to covert artisan ales covert artisan ale sioux falls south dakota we're drinking all of their fantabulous beers. And we have uh, Printal here, Stacy. How close was I on the name? I would say a perfect 10. There we go. Nice. Good stuff. The judges say a perfect 10. Springtime. Springtime. See, you can, just have to try harder, Dan. Try harder. Put the work in there. Uh, but we're enjoying this. Is, this is really good. And, uh, uh, Brian, what's that say? I can't. I don't have my glasses on. It says wild ale fermented, conditioned in red wine barrels and dry hopped with Nelson Savon hops. So as we went to break, Brian teased, and we're going to call it a tease, and we're not going to say that he tried to run the clock there. But uh, <laughs> I always do. Stacy, we'll start with you. What is the first okay. sour beer that you had that kind of made you fall in love with the style here? The one that made me fall in love with sour beers was duchess 
Uh, we were okay. Well done. Yep. Well done. Yeah. Yep. We were at a going away party for a friend in in Ghent, Belgium, and it was maybe two o'clock in the morning. We've been having a great time. Uh, we did the track where the guy had to turn in his shoe to get the mug. You know, just obviously pre-COVID times, we were passing beers around. Oh, yeah. And I was sure. in the middle of being jolly and happy, and somebody handed me a duchess. And I am not typically one at a loss for words, but I stopped mid-sentence. And I was like, what <laughs> the F is this deliciousness? See? I had <laughs> never really had a sour beer before. And it just hit all of the right notes. The the fresh duchess with like the balsamic and the vanilla, just it was fantastic. Um, and it set the bar super high because I've had some sours that Dan doesn't like when I use my best descriptive words, and I say things like it tastes like tuna fish or yeah. stomach bile or oh I, I use that one, Stacy. This tastes yeah. like bile. What's, this what's the vinegar right. thing? It's uh, oh, the the type of acid. There's a acetic acetic acid. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually oh. like that, and I like that in uh, the Reds, the Flanders Reds. It has a bit of that acetic yeah. acid yeah. in it. My two controversial ones for sour beers is I occasionally get something that to me tastes like raw meat, and I get bile. So I'm like, I, this bile. tastes like raw meat. This tastes like stomach bile. You know. The, the bile not, one, I'm if I get it. that, I'm not as into that. But I do like that acetic acid. Okay, I thought I'm you were not into say, bile either. No, or raw meat. That's I no. thought, Brian. I thought that's where he was going. Is like I, I don't like I the did. bile, but raw meat it needs that acetic acid. Yeah, that yeah. raw meat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dan, how it about needs- you? What was the one that that brought you in? Well, uh, I was pretty lucky in the sours that I've had my, <laughs> my first, uh, we've had the same sours though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Not always. Gotcha. <laughs> no. I, I got to go to Belgium a lot more than she did. Um, but yeah, my first ever Lambic was Cantillon's 50 North. And this okay. was one of the earlier year ones. Um, but the one that totally kind of blew my mind is when somebody taught me how to blend sours together. Right. Um, and a friend of ours climbed up into the rafters and pulled down one of their first beers that they had ever made, a beer called Dirty Horse. He had pulled the cork and it was completely flat. Then he had blended it with other ones that he had had. And that was, I think, the first time I had learned of like, well, what fruit is in this? I was like, there is no fruit. It's, it's the bacteria that does this. And it just, from that point, it just that stuck with me and it was just so contagious i had to learn more about it talking about the beer being still i want me a box of still lambic i want five liters of aluminum bag of lambic primitive right right and dan made me reminded me of what is probably my most controversial beer opinion but in that is that dre fontanen is considerably better than cantillon that's gonna get you some hate mail right (laughs) (laughs) see Look, I, I may have just lost our guests. Yeah, I'm done. Like, I'm done. I, I think they're both equally good. <laughs> okay, we fair have enough. Plenty of jury at uh, the tap room. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> but uh, See, we would be happy to have plenty of candy on it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anybody that wants to send us samples for uh, for discussion, we will try them and decide. There you go. Get it together. 
That's a, yeah. uh, we're open to that too. We change Tim's yeah. mind. Send us Cantillon. Change, my, prove, change my yeah. mind. Change Tim's <laughs> mind. Prove. Change make, prove that Cantillon mind. is better than Dre Fontaine. And, I'm gonna and, make uh, that meme. That change my mind meme. <laughs> there. You sitting yeah. behind the desk. That's though. right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Put your head on the dude dude's body. That'd be that'd be great. I've never been in a spot where I could actually buy one. I don't think. Okay. Except maybe well, on draft one time at the uh, the brick store. Pub. I've done mail order a few times. To get them. well to get Cantillon, so, no, it's that's yeah. a, a unusual one. So I no, I said I have. Oh, you have. Yeah, I've not had enough Cantillon to really know for a hundred percent certainty that I I prefer Drew Fontenin, but I do like Drew Fontenin, and it's more readily available. So a little bit of uh, bias based upon it being what I can get. So I will say that my opinion, because I've had more Drew Fontenin than I have Cantillon, but I've always been more impressed with the various Dre Fontaines I've had. Not that I haven't enjoyed Cantillon, but I will say that good old Dre has, uh, I never forget about Dre. Never forget about Dre. Yeah, never, <laughs> never. So, Dan, we talked a little bit before the show. We're getting into the cooler months here, depending on the part of the country you're in, but one of the beautiful things for a brewer of wild ales is as you get into these cooler months, we run into the perfect season for spontaneous brewing. So can you share with us kind of, you know why that is and what you're looking for when you do a spontaneous brew? The biggest thing I would say to anybody that wants to do spontaneous is there's an amazing group called Melt the Funk. Oh, yes. That you should either check out their wiki or go on and join if you're on the Facebook. The Facebook, And you want right. to do that kind of stuff. Um, otherwise, you can just go to the wiki. Uh, but there's tons of instructions on that also some opinions uh for us we 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 played around with spontaneous where the weather wasn't below 40 degrees we've done some in the winter um we've had success on both ways typically we've also done spontaneous saisons we've done spontaneous turbid bash approach like your official way that if you're trying to do the method traditional uh we've already done one this year but we, we, with now having the barrel house, we're going to do a lot more whenever we can. Um, but when the months start getting too cold, we'll still continue to use the cool ship. If they don't take off within like five or six days, we'll inoculate them from just our wild culture. Okay. Let it run. And so, do you have like a, a, a proper cool ship, wide, shallow, all that good yeah, fun yeah, stuff? Definitely. Okay. So how do you mitigate the risk when you're collecting it? Because I've I've heard that forty degrees is is to get the right. You don't right. Oh, yeah. you don't. You just test That's it. The romance of it. But okay. the, the lower temperature minimizes. Like more of the bad ones are not yeah. lively at that time. Is yeah. that correct? Okay. There's yeah. a reason why our our spontaneous is called insight pants. So you just have to look at what's happening and say, hey, that looks like that's going the right direction, or that looks like it's going the wrong direction, or do you? You analyze it? I'm, I'm just curious. Like, Well, we're in a warehouse area. so Yeah. Um, you just have to wait because sometimes it'll smell like corn. Sure. And then you got to yeah. wait that out. The sick it's period. Got to let it go through a, the sick. A sick period of it the wild get, beers. Yeah. Can't they get ropey? Is it PDO? That, uh, yeah. Is it the PDO caucus that can make them ropey? And won't they, is that one that will work through? So Brett will clean that up. That's what, okay. Yeah, I had yeah. heard that. It usually, it's like a, that's a weird period in it too, because if you have the other complementary bacteria, it, it chews through it. I've seen that. That is kind of a weird, scary thing to get 
weird ropey beer. Ropey beer. Yeah, especially yeah. something you've saved. I'm like, oh my goodness, what happened here? I don't think I want to drink this. It looks scary. It's like, yeah, it's actually safe. It's just a weird They're like, it'll be formation. fine. There's bread in there. Just let it's it like set. Those syrup. Yeah. Like, you'll see it as stringy as that. Stringy yeah. and thick and just what you want in your glass, <laughs> Super right? Super adverti- uh, advertising. <laughs> we are listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We do need to take another break, but we'll be back very soon with more from Covert Artisan Ed. Have you ever thought about owning your own brewery but don't know what it takes to get one built? We're Storytime Construction, and we build breweries. We're Georgia's most experienced and hands-on contractors when it comes to building new breweries and tap rooms or expanding existing breweries. We offer full build-outs, remodeling, and additions, as well as consulting and construction management. Give us a call at 770-733-4343. Storytime Construction. We build breweries. Have you visited Ironmonger Brewing recently? Take a trip and see the newly renovated and spacious tap room, or enjoy the outdoors in their new beer garden with plenty of seating and shade to ease that summer sun. Ironmonger's tap room has a variety of craft beer and hard seltzer on tap, with wine and spirits coming soon. Ready for a bit of adventure? Try out axe throwing with Ironmonger's 16 target range. It's a perfect spot for some quick fun or to host your next party or corporate event. So grab your friends and have some fun today at Ironmonger Brewing. Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Next Friday is Hawaiian Shirt Day. So, you know, if you want to, go ahead and uh, wear a Hawaiian shirt and jeans. Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. If you enjoy the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash beerguys. Patrons get cool perks like Beer Guys swag and commercial-free episodes. Now let's get back to Covert Artisan Ales. Covert Artisan Ales, we have had a fantastic selection of some wild ales today, gin barrels, rye barrels. Uh, we've got a quad that I haven't got into. I see by the look in your glasses, you guys are sipping quad. I'm still on the last one. I'll get there. It is the closest thing to a, a, a stout that we've had. It's it's quite dark in color. Somebody did say something about how they do great stouts, and we should they talk did. about those. They yes. did say that. They yeah. did say so. We've all got we've got. There's all kinds of wild ales here and that, but you guys are, aren't all wild. There is that right? No, we we also do stouts. Uh, we only do imperial stouts. Typically, if it's not double digits, we're not going to put it out. Um, no point in messing done. with that, right? Uh it's just not our style. We'll do some darker wild ales. Okay. That will be lower ABV. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, our stouts, we usually do a double mash or triple mash. Um, it's not my favorite day because it's, it usually will clean up and everything. It's, it's a long day, right? Yeah. 16 to 24 hours. Ooh. So those are like stay the night at the brewery. Well, it gives um, you plenty of time to boil, though, right? Yeah. It does. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say how much of that twenty TV shows. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's like how much of that uh, of that time that you're doing is not just mashing, but actually boiling. Like, I uh, typically we will go anywhere between five or six hours. That's a respect- respectable, yes. respectable, yes, yes, absolutely. That's we talk to some, you know, to some folks, and it just gets crazy. It's uh, and we're all well, I'm on board. Hashtag boil boys. I'm all for the boil boys. <laughs> Give me the thirty hour boil. I've been arguing for like a perpetual boil where it's like a 
a Solera, except it's always boiling. You just boil, add more beer into it, Solera. like the, the yeah. eternal flame, but except it's boiling beer. Now, if anybody is in Hawaii, they should be doing that. Like, they should just have a kettle. You just know what, on the lava flows. Yeah, yeah, why not? Well, Dan, you know, we, we just kind of free-flowed today. We've talked a lot about, you know, the, the boiling beer and, and spontaneous brewing. We've talked a lot about the different flavors. But, again, doing the rewind a little bit, you put a lot of detail into not just your beers, but even just on the front end, your your name, your logo, your branding and all that, all that carries meaning. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, definitely uh, the covert aspect is to like a nod to Stacy and I's background. We're both um, combat veterans, so we've deployed multiple times to different areas. Um, and then we've worked with agencies after we got out too. Yeah, the covert aspect actually, it, it's more than just kind of like a name. Uh, and, and, and with our logo, we have the Fox logo, which has worked out great for our labels. Um, there's so many things you can kind of do with it. Uh, but the, the Fox itself was uh, Stacy's unit. Her unit was uh, Sly Fox. So we've named beers Sly Fox before. Actually, our base saison is called Sly Fox. If we haven't put it in a barrel, we'll actually release it as, as Sly Fox. Um, but the colors itself, they, they link up to uh, military or actually DOD classified classification colors. So you're looking at like unclassified, classified, secret, and top secret. So the colors are there. And then I work a lot with uh, geospatial intelligence. So there's a lot of vectors. Um, and that's pretty much where my art kind of lies. I can do shape art. <laughs> All right. I'm a fan. No. I, I love the, that style. Like, yeah. uh, don't, don't let him fool you. He, uh, his shape art goes way beyond just the little vectors and stuff on the, I mean, okay. it's not little, it's our labels. Uh, we have some artwork in the brewery. We have some artwork in the tap room that he's done out of barrel staves. We have like a eight by eight giant barrel stay fox that he's created the artistic ability goes way beyond just vectors what okay. he can do with polygons would blow your mind Tim. that's it barrel stays yeah, and rock yeah. and roll he's a sculptor yeah. no but seriously the logo i really dig it I, I like these simple designs clean designs i guess i i should say because they're not always simple to make a clean design like that true so but uh, i i really dig those kind of designs our original logo we tried doing a little more like square lines on it but it didn't it didn't quite look right i don't think it conveyed the right message but ours is still fairly simplistic yeah you know just simple drawing. simple is difficult to do but great when it works you when know? it works yeah. right absolutely yeah. Absolutely. So it, it's extreme. And a lot of people don't realize it. It's extremely tough to come up with a name that isn't taken. <laughs> yeah. That isn't to, sure. And then yeah. you, you think your ideas are so original. And when you put it to paper and then you watch a commercial, you're like, oh, it's like, there oh, it is. Oh, there it is. That's where it is. Yeah. I don't remember who it was. It, it was on Instagram. It may have been Don't Drink Beer that said this, but don't quote me on that. It was somebody that said legal weed is, is destroying craft beer in the name game. And they showed a couple of like legal weed strains and it was like purple trash can hog stomp or something <laughs> like that. Like just these insane names. It's like craft beer needs to step up. Legal weed has got the name game set. We were ahead of the game with gas can Viking helmet. That we was were. the name of one of our yeah. homebrews. I've never seen anybody else use it. I've, it right. was unique. And I bet you, if you Google it no, now, we'd be the Stillwater first person. Water ended up doing like vacuum cleaner 
and, uh, and radio and things like that. So what it came down to, y'all, is we ran into the same thing. Even with our homebrews, we'd think of what we thought was a unique name. We'd look, and it was, of course, already out there. And one of our friends said, just look at, like, whatever the first three items you you see are. So we were brewing a beer, and I was in my garage, and I just looked around. I'm like, gas can Viking helmet. And then that, so that that became the beer name. We only made it to two items. We're, we're not overachievers. They here. had two we words should, each, though. So That's true. That's I think true. That, but you have a Viking helmet somewhere. Oh, we, we got one here. It's yeah, just like, out, it's like just right out of frame. now, yeah. I have a Viking <laughs> helmet in line of sight. So. <laughs> I do don't you, think we have a gas can. Do you here, not, Stacy? Do you not? You know, Ugh. living in South Dakota with everybody here being Vikings fans, we do not. But See? that is very impressive. Okay. Yeah, she's, yeah. A, she's a Steelers fan. Though, I'm a Steelers so. fan. Uh, okay, yeah. so you got that. People who yes. can't see it, no Mike Nate is wearing Viking. No Mike Nate wearing the Viking helmet. Yes. So that normally no Mike Nate wears it well. There you go. It's a good look for you, man. You framed the picture quite well. Dan, we were talking some earlier about batch size. I know you mentioned your your gin barrel was a small size barrel. What's your what do you brew though size wise? Like how big's your brew house? We have a three barrel. A three barrel. Um, okay. So you're putting in yeah. work there then to to keep things going. Do you like brewing the smaller batches at size? Do you like small batch beers? You want I a mean, twenty I could barrel? Say, yeah, I love it. This is amazing. The, I mean, yeah, was, go with that, right? Ideally yeah. Based off of funds. So you yeah. there's justification so we we have not um we don't have any like uh, any investors okay yeah so it's totally driven and i mean i couldn't imagine somebody with investors coming to sioux falls south dakota and be like i got an idea how about we do wild yeah. let's do this sioux falls oh, wild is sioux oh. falls ready for wild ales are they are they loving it there or are they are they on borders a lot of like ramping them up we it, it, it's still an education process okay. Okay. We, we we have a lot of tourism and yeah. we do get a lot of people from out of state that right. will seek us out and i think that's probably the only advantage i could ever see of untapped other than untapped for business does a really good job on the, yeah. the displays get for it out the tap there. room too yes yeah on yeah. untapped we are like one of the top uh 35 nano breweries in the world oh very cool very awesome. nice yeah, yeah. I've but tasted your subjective. beers. I understand that. that. Be changed at any yeah, time. no, yeah, that's yeah. untapped. Yeah, yeah, I've, that was total untapped numbers. I completely get that. Stacy, Dan, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we really appreciate you sharing your beer, sharing your story, and your time with us. If folks want to find out more about what is happening at Covert Artisan Ales, what's the best way for them to do that? Uh, we are on um, social media and on Instagram, Facebook, our website at uh, covertartisanales.com. Um, give us a call too. Like just work. Holler. We're yeah. Down. Yeah. Holler. holler. Give us a call. Yeah. We're down to earth and uh, we'll just answer whatever. Cool. Um, I don't think we've ever received a letter. So somebody send us a mail them. Mail them. Or like a postcard. A telegram. We should get yeah. people. Uh, we heard you on Beer Guys Radio. Postcard. Yeah. Send them a postcard. Well, awesome, y'all. Thank you so much. We really do appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Can you I give a shout out to Jason Murphy? For, Absolutely. Uh, uh, well, yep. Yeah, so thank you, Jason Murphy, for hooking us up with Beer Guys Radio from um, Porch Drinking. Porch Drinking. Jason, thank you. If you guys have not come to Sioux Falls, you really are missing out. The beer community here is really good. Very cool. Amazing IPAs, amazing stouts, yep. lagers, wild yep. ales. Food is yep. really good. Yep. It's small. We have amazing just parks that you can go check out i, w- I would definitely come come visit south dakota not just a flyover state the badlands yeah.
but we're not on the Badlands. We're, we're on the Goodlands side. We're on the good. See, all right. I didn't know my South Dakota. I had the wrong Dakota there. My bad. My bad. So that does about wrap it up for this episode of the Beer Guys Radio Show. Come join us next week. Surprise guest. We had a cancellation, Brian. Yes. So we're trying to get things taken care of. Come back and join us. We thank you so much for tuning in. Have a great week, and don't forget to drink local. Cheers. We'll be right back.